All right, you're listening to Fanatu. Um, long-awaited podcast. I'm finally here with Josh D. Um, that's just how I know you. I mean, you know, your Facebook, uh, you know, name and oh, stuff. Yeah. But do you do you prefer to na- to remain a uh, semi-anonymous or? Uh, no, it's fine. What's your? It's fine. Uh, my name is Joshua Dunn. That's Dunn. What the D stands for. Aha. Uh-huh. Just like to kind of remain inconspicuous online. Yeah. You know. It's cool, man teachings of my father who's a inter- internet security guy who's like really yeah wow don't get your don't get your full name on there yeah and your birthday on there it sort of makes it makes like the nsa's job way easier right <laughs> i mean you know but i mean is is there is anything really hidden nowadays you know on no. the internet i mean if they really wanted to you know they they can find you yeah like usually i, I I feel like these helicopters are following me around sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's um paranoia or anything. There's definitely um, I I've thought about it a couple times too. I mean, like, you know, growing up here on Guam, um, there's there's this fascination as a, as a as a male child, you know, with the military, and when you see a, a helicopter or a, a jet fighter pass by, you're like, whoa, cool. That's what I want to do. That's so awesome. But at the same time, like, once you're exposed to, like, reality and all the fucked up stuff that's going on. Yeah, the implications of it all. Yeah, and, like, you, you realize that, you know, there are children across the world who, when they see American helicopters or jet fighters, you know, they're like, oh, shit. Running like, for their life. Like, just terror. Yeah. Like, that, 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 doosh, sound like the the blades make like that must be the sound of death you know like that just that must be like pure terror you know for other people oh for here on guam it's just a normal thing exactly oh, yeah, yeah. Well, i can't tell if that's a commercial airline or it's a yeah. military airline mm-hmm. but you know even as a little kid it's like truly it is cool yeah. the technology behind it the science behind it it's cool but the implications of what it's for why they went about all that and yeah. why it's flying that's you know that's the fucked up part mm-hmm. not cool with that definitely I'm not trying to support that you know yeah so and even like um i don't know i started working at a, a farm recently up, Yay. up north yeah <laughs> so um but you know i love it, it it's very tranquil uh it's very peaceful but because it's so close to like Anderson, once in a while you'll you'll hear um uh, engines roaring like in the sky and like oh damn it like here we are again. You just ruined my tranquility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely feel that too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as much as you can get into the farm and stick your hands in the dirt, and there's, yeah. there's something about that, you know, that makes you contemplate, you know. I wonder how plants are doing in Africa, you know, and or, you know, South America. Mm -hmm. It it really just, you know, you sit there and 
you wonder about things when you're in the farm. It's yeah. great. I love it, you know. And we were here in my makeshift farm, you know, and doing what I can to put food or what food I can on, you mm-hmm. know, supplement that food where I don't have to buy it at the store. Yeah. There's plenty of reasons why, you know, you mm-hmm. should grow your own food. It's a long list. Yeah. And th- that's definitely one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is sort of uh, decolonizing the diet. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, just the act of growing your own food, you know, how that is in a in a way its own act of independence you know and oh yeah that's how that's how people used to do it <laughs> I mean, sure. that was life before yeah it's, you know you wake up and you figure out food and then you're chilling with your family and mm-hmm. sounds like a good life to me yeah you know? definitely now we're in such a specialized world where people are just doing one thing and mm-hmm. you do that one thing and then you get money and then that's how you you trade for food yeah and now it's not about the food it's about making the money and Mm -hmm. and then you know you spend all this time doing that one thing yeah and then you become ill-equipped to do all these other things that's right wise man once said like you know the more you become an expert in one thing the the more you become a dumbass and everything else you know like it's sort of um I just thought of it now, but it's sort of like the the opposite of uh, was it was Bruce Lee the curator of of that one quote where uh, you train like one kick a thousand times? It's better than training a thousand kicks, uh, one time each. You know, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I maybe there there's value in both. You know, becoming yeah. a master in in one thing, but definitely because of capitalism, because of you know this quote unquote modern lifestyle yeah. that we lead. You know, we're, we get pigeonholed. That, yeah. It's all about that you know? now. It was weird. Um, man, you should have seen the look on uh, my family's faces when I told them that I was going to start working on a farm. They're like, what? You have a master's degree? You spent all that time in school and now you want to work on a farm? Like, it was like I told them I decided to sell drugs. Like, you know, the bad drugs, not not the organic stuff, you know? You mean meth? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was so weird. It was so weird to get that response from them. But, I mean, I I guess that's just conditioning, you know, economic conditioning. you invested all this time in, you know, trying to do Mm -hmm. one thing, right? Become an expert in one thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, I want to farm. Yeah. Hey, that's not the one thing you decided you were going to do. Right, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You've, and essentially, right, what they're saying is, You've wasted your time. Yeah. And all our time in supporting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's what it's rooted in, probably. I, yeah, I think so, too, man. It's weird, though. I'm in this sort of uh, this weird, free-flowing space right now. I'm sort of like, I'm trying to get into into PhD programs, mm-hmm. and um, I'm in this, this weird space where I don't know where I'm going to be next year. And so the farm... You know, all the, these short-term gigs just sort of made sense, you know, yeah. especially after leaving uh, the Guam Daily Post. So, but I definitely, I feel freer. But then because uh, people like you and myself choose to detach um, as much as we can from, like, the system, you know, like, there is a, this level of uncertainty. Do you, do you feel that yourself or... Yeah, I especially just living on Guam, it's like, you know, we're constantly in the middle of, you know, 
international conflict, you know, and it's not our fight, but yet here we are in the middle, you know, contemplating, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier in the yeah. podcast, like, what's up with these bombers flying in there, you mm-hmm. know, and what's Trump going to do and what's, you know, Un going to do. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that's huge uncertainty that really, you know, plagues my mind, really. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think about m- moving somewhere else that it might be more safe. Yeah. But, you know, shit, dude, this is my home. This is my kid's home. My wife's from here. I, I mean, I went through, I remember the study recently of a, of a, uh, Chernobyl. Right? Yeah, the, yeah. The atrocities that was Chernobyl. And uh, they did a study. And, well, they, what happened there uh, made the whole place toxic, right? Super toxic. And they, so a lot of people moved away. And some people moved away and came back. So they did a study on these people who moved away and the people that moved back. And they found that uh, the people who moved away and came back and still stayed in this toxic area, yeah, they still lived on average 10 years longer than the people that lived away. Wow. So they attributed that to, you know, kind of just the, the stress of being away from home, Interesting. you know? And that's really interesting to me. And I always kind of just remember that study when I feel like, man, I want to move away, you know? Yeah. Like, but, I mean, what's on average 10 years more longer? Yeah. And, you know, or being in the middle of, like, just, you know, a split-second smithereens, yeah. you know? So I, I always, straight up, that's uncertainty for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel, man, like, you know, obviously with, with activism um of the type that Patehi will text in and independent guahan the things that we do we're we're up against you know like this giant machine right and sometimes you know it i don't know honestly it's kind of it's pessimistic at times you know we have these uh, slivers of hope and um you know these great things like the united nations trip but um when you see like just how um how quote-unquote legitimate uh the military is uh to um the the colonial system here on guam you know and how how broadly they're they're accepted the things that they do are accepted by you know mainstream culture it just seems sort sort of unstoppable that we can or it's uh sort of impossible that we can we can fight this machine and i can't help but feel sometimes that you know we're we're watching our own demise like we're we're here telling people what's going to happen and all the bad shit but you know it's still going to happen that's yeah. that's you know that it's an inner an inner struggle that i have you know so but yeah there's that uncertainty and the sense of um like i don't, I don't want to say doom but it, it's uh, it's stressful doom. impending doom <laughs> it, it's sort of stressful you know oh yeah but there there is hope you know in the little things that we do do like farming and you know, taking it back, these little, uh, you know, things that we do that give us more sustainability, that give us hope, and mm-hmm. and we got to realize too that, uh, you know, the grand scheme of life is a really long time, millions of years we've got to this point in our life. So mm-hmm. maybe we won't see independence. Maybe our kids will. Right. Hopefully, their grandkids will. And yeah. Those those are things I that give me hope about it for sure 
and we're in this crazy you know modern life right now but <laughs> we're still navigating and we're still surviving and trying mm-hmm. to be happy and yeah and i think we can you know shoot yeah yeah i apologize man that my head is sort of like in this i know i can be like kind of a downer sometimes but no well, no I, and shoot dude I, I i try to lift spirits as much as i can so yeah. that's that's what i try to do and i've realized that getting to be healthier helps a lot you yeah know what i mean that uh being happier and healthier uh, can give you hope mm-hmm. and the more you subscribe to kind of this modern life and and uh, you know this all this toxicity that's around us it, yeah I mean one of the symptoms of it is becoming down on life and mm-hmm. stuff like that so the more so. you get healthier the more you get happier so I I guess the, the question here is um, how how do you do it and I, I don't expect like some you know grand answer or definitely if if you're listening to this, um, I'm pretty sure um, your the steps that you did are not totally applicable to everyone's situation. But how did how did you do it? How did you sort of decolonize your diet, and how are you continuing to do that? Um, hmm. So I guess first it kind of started with um, like a realization that yo, uh, I need to do something because the implications of all the small things that I do could contribute to some kind of larger force right so you know if you you're drinking coke for example you know you're you're contributing to what uh gmo corn you know you're Mm. and high fructose corn syrup you know and all these things are making everybody unhealthy you're contributing to uh the demand of pesticides and whatnot and government subsidies you know there's a reason why coke is the same price as water you know even at the store so once you kind of start to make these connections you you realize like oh man do i want to contribute to this anymore and you start to realize like how all these little things do add up you know what i mean if i'm doing it and you're doing it and somebody else is doing it it all contributes to this you know what do you call it uh compound interest you know what i mean uh, it, it adds up yeah. you know and all the little things we do they contribute to climate change or whatever might be wrong with the world so how do i do it i i i take these little steps you know uh, i start to get into my research and find out what's true for me and then i experiment see what works for me some some research I, I come across maybe they they say oh yeah this works this works this might be the, the best thing ever and then I try it out maybe it doesn't work out so well or maybe it does work but it's not efficient you know maybe it's an expensive thing and I, I can't con- continue to keep doing that and so I try to find other ways around so like um, for me my my diet has become as high quality as I can get, you know, so I'm eating grass-fed beef, I'm, I'm buying organic at this point, mostly all organic as much as I can, and um, uh, mostly veggies and, and things like that. I, and I do these things because 
one, they make me feel better. It help, help my body and brain work better. Right. I like that, you know? I, I like that about it. It makes me a happier person, which um, <laughs> I like being happier, you know? <laughs> like, I, maybe one somebody would call me a downer before, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm not that person anymore, I don't think, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely come a long way. I'm doing supplements. I, I consider myself a biohacker, where I, I do uh-huh. things to to hack my biology yeah. so I can I can have the edge in life you know mm-hmm. what I mean and and contribute to you know humankind in a, in a way that's yeah. gonna be helpful you know what I mean and not destroying the earth and mm. you know the repercussions are yeah really terrible you know so so yeah a lot of veggies I, I eat grass-fed meat beef you know what I mean I don't subscribe to eating the industrial mm-hmm. red meat from the states anymore and Although they're the hormone with, yeah they're yeah. all pumped up with stuff and you know if you're you're buying and eating that you're well first of all you're tearing down your own body mm-hmm. the uh the world health organization just labeled red meat of you know class a carcinogen yeah yeah but those studies <laughs> are not so conclusive because they didn't include grass-fed beef you yeah. just assume that all red meat is mm-hmm. you know industry type interesting so so really really quick tangent man um sorry that's that's just how my, my brain works yeah go for but it. um you know they've successfully cloned meat <laughs> are you down with that stuff i mean um you know what beef? you know what is what is natural yeah. you know like everything is kind of happening naturally right so this word natural becomes kind of arbitrary in a, in a sense mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean if it if it produces a, a quality product, yeah. then I might be okay with it. But, you know, I have to see the studies, For you sure. know what I mean? And see and do the nutrient analysis and things like that. And it's definitely, it's not cheap right now as it stands. I think um, in the UK or something, they were selling a cloned um, beef burger patty for something in the thousands, maybe like 8,000 pounds or something. So you what's know. the point of that? Man? I don't they're know. Just like, are they just, that's how much the initial cost is, and they're for a, for a burger. But I mean, like, I guess once uh, it becomes um, normalized and you know mass mass produced, maybe it, it'll it'll go down. down right? Yeah, does it taste <laughs> divine or something like that? I it's... have no idea. <laughs> Consensus says it tastes like beef. Right. So yeah. So but yeah. So so grass fed. Um. You know, naturally, when people think um, eating healthy, and you mentioned grass-fed beef, which sounds delicious, like, how does that, how does it, how's the cost? And, uh, of course, you know, I guess the argument there is, uh, does the cost outweigh the benefit? Or does the benefit outweigh the cost? Well, when, when I hear that question, I, I, I ask, uh, so, how much are hospital bills? You know what I mean? How much pretty expensive right you know so i mean it's really a matter of do you do you want to pay up front and feel healthier or do you want to pay at the back end you know on your way out and like kind of not feel so good all the way there right so and actually it's it's the the pricing's not so bad i i get my grass-fed meat just down the road here at a seven-day supermarket and sponsor us please yeah so (laughs) and why it's cheap i I'm not exactly sure why it's so cheap over there because mm. they could easily raise their price and I'd still buy it. Yeah. But they sell New Zealand beef, beef, uh-huh. and um, 
in New Zealand, they got some some cool laws that protect their cows from being all shot up uh, and living in crazy situations. And yeah, man, we we need some of those yeah. better laws, you know, that help out help out the citizens, you know, and help mm-hmm. them stay healthier. Because in the U.S., man, we're we're not seeing that. Yeah, a lot of crazy food, mm-hmm. you know, that are really just designed to last long on the shelf you yeah. know and taste really 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 good yeah so that you can keep going back and buying more and more and more and more and more and more do you think that's like a do you think that's like a cold war thing like uh, producing food that that'll last long on a shelf or you know in a fridge or you know is that a cold war thing cold war thing yeah well, like having to to hunker down in this moment in you a, need to define what cold war is yeah well I mean, i'm talking about like the the early 60s you know and then all the way through like, the 80s yeah, i guess just but, threats right, everybody was you know, just threatening like the idea that like yeah yeah you know so like the the sense of uh like having to prepare for uh an all-out war with russia like a nuclear nuclear bomb going off in like kansas or some shit and like did do you think that's what helped um create this this um food system that they have going on right now where everything's shot up to and like engineered to survive an apocalypse hmm i don't know if i'd call it a cold war because it's actually happening you know what i mean yeah. it's in the stores people are buying it those effects are happening inside people's bodies so maybe it's like a like under the radar kind of war uh-huh. which may be cold <laughs> 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 you yeah. know but uh yeah i think it's just kind of just the whole capitalistic mind frame you know mm-hmm. like you know uh we want to make more money and if we want to make more money then we got to make things last longer and if we want to make more money then we got to make it taste really 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 good yeah. you know what i mean and so yeah i think it's just kind of a symptom of that kind of yeah capitalism and it's kind of you know kind of stealing away from humanity you know yeah. and like ethics and morals of mm-hmm. yeah and now we've got to know to a point where these people who have made all their money and you know got these huge establishments are controlling policy so they're just kind of maintaining their own establishments and yeah you know and good people are trying to change policy to actually help people mm-hmm. keep people healthier like they're at a roadblock you know like yeah. man dude we can't compete with all this millions of lobbying money you yeah know? yeah and huge problem one of the things that that's popping up on my news feed lately is um uh stuff by by counterpunch media and they put out a lot of um you know anti or uh alternative alternative discourse stuff right and so one of the things that that's that they've been putting out is um america is not a democracy and uh to to show that they talk about how like net neutrality for instance which is a hot issue um was was passed and was introduced um without the consent of a majority you know most people don't uh want to repeal net net neutrality and yet it was done because of former was he from yahoo or amazon former yahoo or or was it comcast a former comcast executive who um 
was now in this space um was now in in government you know mm-hmm. he he introduced the act to to repeal net neutrality and uh that was that was yeah that's just one instance of you know a non-democratic process yeah well anybody that who says uh democracy uh exists mm-hmm. uh i always just ask them okay so who are the people right so mm-hmm. does it really include everybody yeah can it really include everybody so and oftentimes the the answer to that question is no you know mm-hmm. what i mean depending on where you're at what country you're in so yeah. right so who are the people right so who get to vote for independence right it's obviously it includes some people and it excludes some people yeah. so then that's not a democracy right mm-hmm. and then the other question i i asked them is and how do they rule uh, uh-huh. how are, how do those people go about ruling their democracy you know yeah. quote democracy so and then the answer to the question is like uh you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah we the people elect somebody and yeah. so then that person gets to say whatever and represent everybody and it yeah. goes back to the first question is like oh yeah your democracy doesn't really exist you know <laughs> what i mean so yeah there you go for democracy <laughs> so it's weird um you know i forgot what i was um what i was consuming um, as far as like knowledge or information goes, but they were talking about how the constitution was structured to maintain the interests of the rich, um, you know, mm-hmm. rich white men, uh, the founding fathers, as it were, and um, the merchants and stuff that you know they they consorted with. Um, so, in a sense, like um, we shouldn't as much as america claims to be this uh, proponent of uh, of freedom and equality and democracy and all these things um uh their government everything everything is structured um to protect you know the elite you yeah know? so sort of weird yep here we are <laughs> right we fall into the class that is not elite yeah and man guam, guam situation is so so interesting man you know cuz uh especially in terms of like farming and farmland mm-hmm. a lot of the lands that were taken away were the lands that we used to sustain ourselves right. you know what i mean so it's a lot of people will ask like oh yeah so if guam becomes independent then how are we going to take care of ourselves it's like i mean as it just a as an immediate action we can just you know reclaim those lands and even mm-hmm. the military still there we yeah. need to charge them something for being there yeah. i mean that's you know, no-brainer. People pay rent, you know. If they're mm-hmm. going to stay in your land, they pay rent. Yeah. But they're just here, just, you know, doing all their war festivities or, you know, yeah. uh, quote-unquote, exercising. Exercises. Which is uh. such an interesting term, right? Because that's such a healthy term. Yeah, I'm going to go exercise. <laughs> but really, you know, it's, you know, who knows where they're flying in, mm-hmm. flying into Asia right now and yeah, doing what. Dude. I wonder, you know. Maybe I don't want to think about it, but. Yeah. Maybe I do, <laughs> so I can, you know, contemplate what I can do to change yeah. some things. Then I, w- I want to take a step back, and you talked about how um, the military condemned lands, um, you know, lands that we use for, for sustenance, mm-hmm. uh, good lands. Uh, the, this uh, farm that I met in Jigo, I was uh, trenching, digging a trench um, for the past couple of days, and every hit 
with the shovel that I took, um, there was like red worms crawling around. And I felt really bad, you know, for disrupting the environment. But like the soil was so dark and healthy. But I mean, so on the other side of this condemnation, the military did give, um, they compensated families with other lands, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times these lands were uh, rife with uh, pollution, uh, with uh, like, there, there's like metals and toxins in the, in the soil. How do you, you know, like, I don't know. And then when people try to, they try to be healthy and they, they try to plant things on their, the land that they've been given, um, you know, it just doesn't turn out that way. Uh, it doesn't turn out for the better. Uh, the land that, um, my, my grandma's land, we, we have a, uh, a family compound in Mingilao. Um, but, uh, that wasn't her, her familial land. Um, her, her family's land was, uh, taken away by the federal government and they were given this, this plot, um, just off of, uh, you know, Marine Drive or not Marine Drive, but one of the, one of the main highways. Um, but, you know, we try to grow things there, me and my sister and, uh, you know, even things like calamansi, which are supposed to be like very, um, what's the word? Um, they, you know, I, I wanted to say resourceful, but basically what I'm trying to say is they can survive through, throughout conditions. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're like, supposed to grow here. They're supposed to grow yeah, here. So therefore they should grow here. They should grow easily. here. Yeah. But they, these, these plants, man, they don't get anything higher than like two feet tall and, you know, they haven't produced fruit and, you know, there's such a difference in the soil and the makeup of the soil. Um, I'm pretty sure in, in the nutrients that are that are present. Yeah. You know. So, what do you what do you think about that? <laughs> oh yeah, there's there has been actual studies where, uh, and uh, according to John Gray, uh, Dr. John Gray, he he says that, uh, you know, the the food uh, presently, as compared to probably uh, 70, 60 years ago, where it's deficient, or like 60, 60 percent decrease in like vitamin a vitamin d mm -hmm. uh vitamin c also and you know a lot of these modern agricultural methods are really depleting the the soil and mm -hmm. it, it's really coming down to the microbial population in the soil yeah. so and man just with uh you know all this globalization right, we're bringing in all kinds of stuff and there's man out here there's insects i've never even seen before yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like i've i've seen different versions of them you know what i mean like maybe i i know your uncle <laughs> you know and your cousin you yeah. guys are you know this is a new kind of bug i've never seen before i don't know i don't know what to do with that you know so it is true the the soils are becoming depleted but the good thing is is that soil can be rebuilt you know and start composting and rebuilding your own soil and you know getting leaves and your organic food and just kind of recycling it in this way and you make it into soil again and mm. you start to work with that you know yeah. and there are there are practices to to uh you know detoxify your soil and the military does try to, you know, they'll deem some some area a super fun site and they'll try to go and clean it up. And, yeah. You know, we find that there, I mean, we're finding that there's not enough money for that, right? Oh, mm. we got trillions of dollars for so all these say, other things, yeah. but we, they don't have money to clean up their mess that they made. Yeah. And, and then here we are trying to grow in it and mm. it's not working out. You yeah. know, we're looking in these agricultural books and 
not finding the answer, right? Because we got this new problem that's never been around mm-hmm. before. Man, one of the things, um, as a reporter, like there, one of my my interests was, um, you know, the environment, and um, particularly uh, since you mentioned super fun sites, uh, Coco's Lagoon. Um, that used to be uh, a Coast Guard uh, base, and uh, when when they shut it down, um, they fucking buried all their radio equipment and um, you know, all their their uh, technology that that included that had like PCBs in them, and like basically a cancer causing uh, chemical, you know, and they're still present. Uh, I think uh, Guam EPA still does studies in that area, and uh, the fish that they pull from from the lagoon still have traces of, of pcbs and the people of Molesso, like that you talk to them they're out there they say they'll never stop they'll never stop fishing there that's what they use for sustenance it's a part of their their tradition their family you know and in the meantime there are people in Molesso who also uh, connect their families high rates of cancer you know to see the fish that they're eating and but they it's like they can't stop and you know they shouldn't have to yeah, the, the, the ocean shouldn't be you know but yeah like it goes back to the whole the, this giant machine thing you know they refuse to, to clean up the the lagoon among other super fun sites on guam and in the meantime the people who are suffering are are us you know yeah. but really truly you know? it's like how how do you go about cleaning up that you yeah know? like there's some kind there's pollution that cannot really be undone you know and mm. hopefully like our kids will be so innovative to find out solutions to those things you know, uh-huh. we've gone so far in like the last 200 years 100 years made so many changes like hundreds of thousands of new chemicals have come into our world yeah. and are you know from an evolutionary standpoint our bodies have no idea what to do with right. all these new yeah. chemicals that have been made and it's like hopefully our kids will figure out you know what to do with these things you know maybe uh you know introduce some kind of new bacteria that just eats up all this toxicity Mm. or find some kind of new fungus that's gonna you know yeah eat that eats pcbs (laughs) you know like you know so i'm i'm hopeful on that tip but yeah i mean terrible injustices that that were Mm -hmm. done here you know and will continue to happen if we don't reclaim some kind of you know sovereignty yeah for ourselves you know mm. speaking of kids how how do you um could you have two two kids yeah uh, i got two boys two uh inatan and matingan yeah uh three years old matingan is three years old and inatan is six wow i can't i can't get my my five-year-old to to eat broccoli you yeah, know you cannot get her to eat broccoli. i can't i mean maybe i it i need a little more creativity on my mm. part but how do how do the kids take to the, this uh, grass-fed organic they're lifestyle. they're actually all about it my yeah. my three-year-old sometimes requests brussels sprouts wow. but you know it's it's a little different for my situation because they for the most part that's all they've been eating their whole life my wow. my three-year-old has doesn't know mcdonald's has mm-hmm. no frame of reference for mcdonald's yeah and I'm, I'm super proud of that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's so cool to me because, you know, when I was a kid, I, my mom didn't know any better, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd pass by McDonald's and I'd be like crying for my oh, yeah. Happy Meal, you know, cheeseburger plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so 
but I do know that you know getting them out in the garden and like helping them produce that food mm-hmm. will will encourage them to eat it more because right. they they had their hands involved in the production of that food. Yeah, there's like a pride yeah, that goes into. Yeah, and then cool. there's smoothies and stuff like that. So you can make uh, a green smoothie and you know call it something that they they might uh, uh like you know like yeah yeah this is incredible hulk juice you know <laughs> what i mean like that's my wife used that before mm-hmm. or uh you know making some kind of dish and like really mincing the greens in you know mm-hmm. what i mean so there's there's oh, no yeah. escape you know what i mean every bite's gonna have some greens you right. know what i mean and just kind of reframing the mentality around it so like you know uh having a super crazy sugary you know treat mm-hmm. is not actually treating your body you know what i mean like yeah. so the broccoli is actually a treat for your body you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's actually helping you become better helping you become a little bit healthier helping yeah detox you know bro- broccoli goes a long way cool you know little mini trees uh, i love broccoli so do my kids yeah so i mean those are some tips that might help yeah cool man but it's like you know uh when people or kids are they've been eating a lot of unhealthy things like their their gut becomes more accustomed to it you know mm. the bacteria in their gut start to like that start to need that and yeah. when you you start that those kinds of food will feed certain bacteria in your gut mm-hmm. and those those bacteria actually have a hand in controlling how your brain works uh, you know what yeah. i mean so they'll actually scream for more you know mm-hmm. eat more sugar you feed the bacteria in your gut that love sugar and they be they start to grow more they mm-hmm. start to have you know more population than the other bacteria yeah and, and then they'll tell your brain to get more and more mm-hmm. you know so but so it's kind of like when you park a car in your yard for a long time and then yeah, that the grass the grass <laughs> dies but then yeah. you can eventually move your car and then the the grass will grow again you know what i mean rebuild that gut system that awesome. loves broccoli yeah cool so i guess it, it just takes a little more effort on my part you know i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah no it's, yeah i mean it's okay it's a journey you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh baby steps are are good too yeah you know? so how did um like were you always i mean we, we just talked about how my like myself you grew up knowing mcdonald's you know, and uh, when when did that awakening occur for you? Was that pretty recent? Um, as far as uh, you know, organic foods, um, planting. Uh, yeah, uh, fairly recently. Uh, I want to say like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I I watched this uh, this documentary called Origins, and it was by this Taoist monk who made the the documentary. He makes a lot of connections from food and how it affects your body and then kind of the implications of what you buy and this whole idea of voting with your dollars mm. you know what i mean so you know what you're buying what you're buying you're you're pretty much voting for that company to thrive or not yeah but before that i always kind of wanted to be healthy as an active person i i go surfing you know what i mean and and i wanted to be better at those things and i kind of just went on this cycle where i mm gain a lot of weight and then look in the mirror and feel like oh my god 
I'm getting fat, you know what I mean? So then I'll start working out like really hardcore, you know, doing P90X and yeah. stuff like that. And then I'll lose all this weight and then and then I'll gain it back. Mm-hmm. And then I'll lose all this weight and I'll gain it back. And now when I look back at it, I I realize like doing all those exercise things and like man, those it was it was abuse, man. I was yeah. abusing myself. So and I, I know why that I know why now that people go through that, this kind of gaining weight and losing mm. weight. And it's because uh, one of the default mechanisms in the body when it gets toxic is it just kind of locks up the, the toxin in the fat. Mm. And right, like we said, right, there's all these new chemicals in the world, right? Yeah, Our body yeah. has no idea what to do with it. One of the defaults is I'm just going to lock it in a fat, in wow. a fat cell. So then you get fat, you look in the mirror, oh my God, I'm fat. And then you start working out. And then you burn the fat, the toxin's still there. You didn't detox, you, your blood becomes toxic. And then your brain screams like, oh my God, I'm toxic. Please <laughs> eat a lot of you know, you know, carbohydrates and sugar so I can lock up these toxins. Wow. So that's when I realized that, yeah, you gotta detox. You know? So from watching that, that documentary, I, I learned these things and, and a lot of the experts that were in the documentary were were interviewed like in this kind of deep dive like personal interviews kind of like what we're doing right now yeah and really got into depth why why sugar is not the best and you know why you shouldn't be eating gmos and Mm. you know kind of the whole grass-fed meat thing and then from there i i kind of just took off started applying things and starting feeling better you know what i mean started losing a lot of weight and maintaining my weight effortlessly and my brain started working better i you know stopped drinking alcohol you know and i was able to sustain good decisions that i wanted for myself basically you know i figured out that i needed i needed health to be able to sustain these decisions that i wanted for myself Mm healthy decisions wow really cool man yeah i i I did p90x too (laughs) yeah did you do the first one i did the first one and the second like um it's sort of like one was hard man yeah was really wow it's sort of like i don't know i feel like it builds up this like cult mentality you know (laughs) like they have they have the whole like hand sign thing and uh yeah yeah it's pretty crazy but i definitely the things you were talking about i see a lot of those same patterns in myself too so, yeah, I guess it's a matter of uh, detoxifying and really committing to a clean diet. Yeah, clean so input. just just yeah. a quick tip on, like, the whole detox thing, just yeah. to, you know, what's what's a good way to detox, right? So a lot of greens, mm-hmm. like, all those uh, plant chemicals will bind to toxins and escort them out oh. of your body. And uh, one huge way is uh, to just, you know, on your day off or when you're working out, just don't wear deodorant, mm-hmm. you know, because... This is a huge way yeah. out your fat fat. That's a Dude. huge way that things get out of your body. So yeah. if you're clogging it, right, things stay inside. Oh, right? Yeah, so. for for better or worse, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't used uh, deodorant in a long time. So oh man, dare <laughs> yeah. I sniff? I should. Oh hey man. <laughs> oh, I should have known you were in cahoots with this guy, <laughs> PJ St. Nicholas. Oh man, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for dropping in like this. <laughs> Are you I joining have us? No or? Idea, but um, well, I came to enjoy my or uh, join my bar, so awesome. I guess I am. Um, yeah. But I'll I'll just be out here in this uh, beautiful yard. 
Okay. You wanna yeah. do you wanna grab a seat and then uh Yeah, right here's a good spot. Yeah. There's a bucket right. over there. Alright, alright. Sit on Sounds buckets. Good. Sweet. Cool man. So what about what about the the planting aspect? Um was this like I guess the question I'm asking is who who taught you how how to plant and how to plant oh definitely and, uh, my mom. You know, uh -huh. she's uh yappies and grew up in Yap and the main sustenance in Yap was, you know, taro and breadfruit and fish, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that's kind of the main staples over there. And, you know, in order to eat over there, that's what you had to do, you know, yeah. the, the women are in the taro patch, you know, harvesting taro for the day and the men were out fishing. And when she migrated here, she kept it up, you know, and I was there as a kid and helping her out, you know, harvesting wow. sweet potato and taro. And as you can see, there's still <laughs> there's still taro. I mean, the hills lined with the sweet potato and yeah, the sweet potato has become our leafy greens for <laughs> mm -hmm. sandwiches and salads and stuff like that. And nice. It's huge. I supplement the food. Yeah. So you're not buying all kinds of crazy stuff at the store. That's mm -hmm. kind of expensive, and you know, yeah, you pay less expensive. Mm -hmm. So, PJ, are you, are you situated? Um, yeah, yeah. All right, I, cool. I had no idea this was happening. <laughs> yeah, so the, the topic is... Uh, Maybe a little closer. Maybe a little okay. closer. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. The topic is uh, decolonizing the diet and, you oh. know, whatever whatever other tangents we get on. That's so funny that I'm showing up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, last time we spoke, man, um, the the issue we were, we were discussing was um, decolonizing uh, water Ooh. supply. Oh yeah. Have you have you made any grounds with that or you know? Um, you know, I I pretty much just uh finished a publication that's kind of going through its uh last steps of of being available to the public and um um what is this? Um, yeah, I did a presentation on the publication for uh the educator symposium over the summer. It's been a while since we talked about yeah. that, huh? And um it's 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 moving forward it's definitely moving forward it's only a matter of time for any of these types of things um, it's only a matter of time until decolonization is not an issue and um, we just gotta just keep on fighting man mm -hmm. every day we wake up I think about I think about water um, since that presentation I uh, I said it the last time and I'll say it again is that when I think about I got into agriculture, getting my degree in agriculture, um, because I thought food was the focus for sustainability and really water. Water is the focus, should be the focus, because it's, it's the reason why we all exist. And also, we get more of it than the rest of the world. And if you try to include, if you can have the vision to include our economic exclusive zone in how much water we gain uh fresh water rained on our ec whole economic exclusive zone we're probably getting into like the trillions of of dollars of um possibilities because r right now water at retail price is one of the most expensive things on the market um besides bitcoin <laughs> oh, 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 you just brought up Bitcoin. Nice. Um, so but, yeah, uh -huh. water is water is definitely yeah. Um, no, Bitcoin is not comparable to water. 
Yeah, water is definitely. Uh, you it's, can't it's, drink Bitcoin. What <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. wanted to display was that um, it's 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 amazing how much Bitcoin is getting for um, its its prices, and we're not realizing that water is extremely mm. expensive. Like, if you think about that bottle of water that you buy for like a dollar or two dollars, you can sometimes you can fit like ten to twenty of them in a gallon. Mm. So, it's just. Twenty dollars a gallon, you know what I mean? It's more than gas. Yeah. So. So well, now I want to switch topics. Are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Are you, are you guys early adopters of uh, Bitcoin and other um, cryptocurrencies? No, not yet. I've been yeah. hearing about it more lately. Dude, well, you sound like you're you're pretty hip to it. Um, uh, I think I started in about late August. Um, it's, I've been researching since late August, and um, I have. I have put just um, enough to where I'm comfortable with not having it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because right now it's it's working like an asset, like gold. Yeah. And um, you kind of just sit and hold it um, because it's it's turning into it's turning into digital gold, mm. <laughs> practically, or it is already. But the one thing that I that I do find interesting now. And is it is the vision, um, is that it's turning into cash. It's starting to turn into cash now. People are buying stuff with it. It's a little unreasonable, but you know this is the first part time, or this is the first uh, part of it being converted in that way. So, um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. So in August, the price of one Bitcoin was like two thousand bucks or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. And now, just the past week alone it's shot up to eighteen thousand dollars oh wow I, w- I was kicking myself uh, for the past couple days because um i had known about it since like 2013 and back then it was only like 20 bucks a piece mm-hmm. and i actually i held like a 2.5 bitcoin at that time wow. and i didn't think anything of it and I actually i needed the money so i withdrew it mm-hmm. and that that's 2.5 that's about like what 30,000 some Could, yeah. Yeah. 30 or, I was like 40. fuck and I have and these student loans and, and yeah. yeah so I'm sure I'm sure there are many other people like kicking themselves you know like you know so how, how exactly is this money multiplying is the company taking it and investing it in something else and making it multiply I wonder what they're investing in yeah yeah it's 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 and what are the implications of what they're investing in? Okay, so so uh, you're talking about like different businesses that are that do that. They have like these automated softwares that, and and to simply put it, and I hate I hate simply putting things because it's like you don't really understand it. But they they pretty much have an automated software where it it buys low, whether it be mm-hmm. stock or even two. They're starting to get. Um, Bitcoin exchanges. So they had their in in their they got their wallet, their digital wallet in like let's say 50 Bitcoin exchanges all over the world, right? Because for example, when it hit like 18 grand in the states, it actually hit like um higher in either Korea or Japan, like 20 grand. So like let's say it's it hits a low at 16 grand boom it automates that automated software buys it at 16 grand and when it hit 20 it just bought a uh, sold maybe like 100 bitcoins at 20 grand so you just instantly gain a million dollars you know yeah. what i'm saying but so 
basically to answer your question though josh um who determines the price is is eighteen thousand dollars um yeah no one no one really knows it, it's the 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 value of it is a perceived value and that's however much um people think that it should cost and because now um uh, mainstream corporations are buying into it uh -huh. um they're pumping money into it and the the cost goes up and people see the value increasing so yeah i just you know. wonder like what specifically is you know where how is that money being made you know what i mean like yeah. if you know a certain stock gets so low mm -hmm. or high what what's making it get low and high mm -hmm. you know what i mean what mm -hmm. what are the it's, implications yeah. of you know it's it's the health of the public you know yeah. it's so interesting like and the way that i get i mean the way that i'm trying to find understanding is um i took a business class at, uh, at uog farm farm pretty much uh farm business and um part of it was talking about stocks and things part of it was talking about um bonds and like or holding your money right and mm. and then they start you talking about time check oh yeah um 11 12 okay yeah. compounding interest and when do you reach a certain money like the compounding interest just kicks up and in the best way that i can understand it it's almost like we're all investing in this one thing so we're all invested in it and it's compounding interest you know what i mean now they're saying that bitcoin is like a 300 billion dollar com or market a whole market so 300 billion dollars is invested in this market and we're all holding together compounding the interest in a sense i mean that's that's what I've heard in some some different interviews, and um, I'm sure it's more complex. I'm sure it's more complex, but we're all compounding together, right? Yeah. And we like, were just talking about this earlier, compound yeah. interest and how just the little things we do add up. You exactly, know, as the people. little things add up. That's why I'm asking, like, okay, so if they're investing in stocks that you know are those are two benefit, things, yeah. Though. So then, who who owns those stocks? Is yeah. it you know? Uh, Smith and Wesson, you know, is yeah. it Coke? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is it you I know Pepsi or mm -hmm. is it you know organic spinach? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. I think it's safe to assume now that you know you can bet that uh, corporations like Smith and Wesson <laughs> or <laughs> things things that we wish didn't exist, they now have a, a, a foot in um in Bitcoin, mm. but so do a lot of other people. Um, and individuals like yeah. you, myself, or Josh. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking about earlier this week was how much the this recent uh, price jump is is going to affect um, the the local um, not autocracy, um, the aristocracy. Yes. So I'm talking about like the Calvos, the Adas, people who are um, historically wealthy and elite here on Guam. Um, dude, fucking some nerd who knew about bitcoin back in 2010 who bought like 500 for like 20 cents a piece mm -hmm. you know yeah. yeah is now they're like multi-millionaires mm -hmm. and um like you know oh it blows my mind man it blows my mind and it also pisses me off right. <laughs> should we but chip in right now <laughs> we should well you know like, one of the things i wanted to say man was um like um I'm sure you'll you'll see uh, on Facebook there's things like the like Bitcoin network or something like that or mm. these um the 
the people who are in Bitcoin, a lot of them seem like opportunistic and very capitalistic. But mm. um, I think like people like you or myself or Josh, um, there's people who are interested in cryptocurrencies who want to do good, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, I just learned that the nation of Hawaii, um, they launched their own coin. Um, the, it's called the Aloha coin. Oh, cool. And yeah, it's adopted by um, by Japan. And um, nice. yeah, so maybe I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Like in the next like twenty to thirty years, we can start. We might be able to see, you know, if we all and I, and I'm looking at it as a as a, trying to change the world in a positive way. The reason why they made this thing, or the, all of these coins now, is to turn the monetary system on its head, pretty much, mm -hmm. because it doesn't serve the people anymore. It serves the rich. So if we can turn it on its head together, then when we go to the store and we buy a coke it's gonna be for like point zero 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 one mm. bitcoin yeah. like you know what i mean but so. you wouldn't do that right josh <laughs> you would you would just buy water or something <laughs> you like, just buy water yeah. yes you're right but hopefully that by then too water will just be free too yeah for for all uh people of guam nice. and the yeah. marianas and <laughs> oceania yeah because that's 30 years so um like i said it like it's really interesting now because we're already starting to turn bitcoin into cash you can buy pizza you can buy shoes you can buy i think you can directly buy from microsoft and a lot of different different companies and there some of these companies the ones that give back a lot the one that's with it they want to make the change too they're with us you know what i mean and making the change and like there might be a point in time you know, um, 50 years from now when we wake up and we just don't have to worry about money. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we all bought in together and um, we can just do everything that we want to do in the, pl the places that we specialize in. Growing food, um, catching water, um, you know, just, yep. yeah, just yeah. living I life. I do feel like the whole uh, collective consciousness is kind of moving in that direction. Like, because, I mean, we're, we have no other choice, man. If we keep doing what we're doing now, we're we're gonna end up extinct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the the millionaires and billionaires of the future will actually deserve it. You know what I mean? They'll figure mm -hmm. out real innovative ways to, you know, get rid of population or make good, healthier food for everybody. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And figure out, you know, water systems that will give back to everybody. Mm -hmm. So. But what a what a crazy <laughs> transition, right? We're like yeah. from barter and trade all the way till now Bitcoin, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's whoa. Amazing. <laughs> whoa, That's amazing, man. Yeah. And it's just like this idea, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's a uh, sort of a intangible. Right? They're just like ones and zeros in a computer and uh yeah. you mm. know, and now they have an ascribed value and, you know. But Josh, uh, how mu how much more time do you have, man? I, uh, I got to pick up kids at 1140. 1140? Yeah. All right. So I guess, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it home. Um, so detoxifying the diet, you know, it's not just about a uh, physical output, but yeah. um, it's about what you're, what you're inputting, you know, yep. SV, clean input, yeah, what you're consuming. Sure. Um, what about people with a uh, limited space? Like how, how would they get into planting and, you know? Well, there's always the good old potted plants, you know, and just, you know, maybe going to a relative's land and getting some of their good soil and getting it into a pot and making your own mix. And, you know, 
getting some seeds from wherever and just you mm -hmm. know baby steps towards you know just being healthier the whole act of farming itself is just it's healthy it, it makes mm -hmm. you contemplate you know what i mean about other plants in the in the world and so so just that you know and and then eventually even in your small space mm -hmm. you know maybe you do have a little bit of soil there and yeah. you can dig a hole and you know what's <laughs> what's more great than that you know like just connecting with nature in this on this level you know it's it's so healthy mm. and uh i mean maybe your land is toxic so then you come back to you know getting some good soil and putting it in a pot and uh. watering it and watching it grow and taking care of it and there's nice. huge value in that huge mm. awesome man and pj any any tips from you on decolonizing the diet um um I mean, I'm sure you guys have been talking about just, it seems like you guys have been talking about just eating fresh, eating local, and that's, that's, that's pretty much it. But in terms of growing in space or in small spaces, I mean, since we're talking about it. Yeah, it's also the vertical the growing, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah, like think of, think of like stacking two pallets on top of each other, um, getting like a good thick plastic or any type of material and staple it around and then dump as much soil as you can in there and then grow on that wall you can actually grow hundreds of pounds of food in like five square feet or not i'm sorry not five square feet but like a, a five foot by ten foot area you know what i mean so stack them on top of each other it's crazy we just got to get really uh innovative and just um hit youtube you know, yeah, there's all kinds of things out there to help you out, resources. I mean, even yeah. if you got, I mean, if you do got some capital I and mean, you can experiment with like hydroponics and, and aquaponics and these things, you know, produce a lot of food, Yeah, you yeah. know, in, in minimal space. And if you got the time and, and you know, motivation to do it, mm. do it, you know, and you'll, you'll see how it'll give back to your life. And kind of just uh, in terms of decolonizing the diet, one one just rule of thumb that I like to give is like, you know, if your if your great grandmother didn't eat it, then probably you shouldn't be eating yeah. it. You know, just just mm -hmm. straight up, like, cause, you know, what did your great grandma eat? <laughs> yeah. And in those times, the the population wasn't riddled with chronic disease. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, yeah, just getting inventive. I mean, and it's funny because I'm actually working on a publication right now to make an illustration of what your backyard can look like and um, in terms of growing food and, um, you know, aesthetic things that make your, make your property look nice when it's dealing with um, agriculture and landscape. But um, what is this? Hopefully, you know, because actually... Uh, many of the or you know we talking about Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. I really invested in it because I, I actually want to have like this subscription service where there's a company that like takes care of all of your food and like helps you build designs and and, and in building design for your home or for wherever you live, um, it can get fun. You know what I mean? Like you get to envision what you would really want. Um, try and get the budget one at a time it's uh the first step is making a plan 
and like looking at all of your options and seeing what's available to you as in design wise um, for growing your own food um, and putting them together Tetris or Legos or whatnot but at least to imagine is 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 a good step to making it a reality Damn. yeah for real just thinking of it like Legos really makes it kind of mm-hmm. yeah yeah. It's just like Legos. Yeah. Because once you have all the ideas on a piece of paper or on a list, then you just get to pick and choose which one you like the best. It's kind of it gets kind of fun. Yep. Kind of just experimenting too and finding out what works for you in your own location. You know, that's mm-hmm. a big part of the fun in it. You know, mm-hmm. especially in terms of planting. You know, it's the exchange. You yeah. you breathe oxygen. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The plant makes oxygen, yeah. you breathe out carbon dioxide, and plant mm. breathes in mm. carbon dioxide. And that exchange is huge. Yeah. Mm. Awesome, guys. I appreciate Josh. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time out. PJ, thanks Good for coming. farm. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks we'll for listening. Yeah. yeah. independent guahan. Para ba yun na farmatak nga yaman tomorrow? Para tutuli talk ti idiretsota komo unnashon gihilutano. Gini minek gut niha i manyanata, jani gwina zata nu ifama go umta motna. Inna kekefan manungo, jana kekefanet nun todu i tautau siha, ni manyasagagi inin atonu. Paratanat let fetna iza wahan, ni todu inina senyata. Kosiki senyata fan latla maulik motna. Fanatsu, hita lat mun.